and digital contributor for NewOrleansSaints.com. And we are welcomed on the show today by Ricky Jackson, Saints legend, Saints Hall of Famer, a member of the Saints Ring of Honor, and not to mention Pro Football Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion. Ricky, thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure to be with you all. Well, Ricky, the obvious question is, what have you been doing during all of this time? We've had so many people come on the show expressing different interests. A lot of people have developed uh, cooking habits during this pandemic. What have you been up to during this time? Well, you know, I have uh, companies and stuff that I run, and uh, so I have to kind of stay a little active. Then I got a radio talk show I do with uh, WBOK from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, five days a week. And I play golf about five days a week, so <laughs> I have a busy schedule. How's that golf game looking, Ricky? Going no, real good. I mean, I don't know. Uh, got a lot better. You know, you take lessons. I got a lot of guys that everybody try to teach it, but, you know, I got one teacher, so I've been playing pretty good. Ricky, you know, you came to the Saints in 1982, and – you did not. No, I came no, in 81. 81, excuse me. You came in in 81, and, you know, you guys took a little time to get winning, but when Coach Mora came in 1986, could you kind of tell that everything was going to turn in a positive direction for the franchise? Yeah, everything was going to turn, and, uh, you know, I was looking for it to turn before that, but I just say we was always waiting on the offense to kick in to help the defense, and – uh it was like that since 81. We had a defense and uh, never did have the offense to kick in. And we finally got the offense to come around to about eight and eight. Uh, but we never did have the offense like, you know, they've been having the last, you know, 10 years now. So that been a, that was all a, a downfall the whole while I was here. We had the defense, but we didn't have the offense. And we had a good, great kicker. And he in the Hall of Fame. So we always had the kicking game and the defense, but we didn't have the offense. Ricky, you seem like a, a pretty mild-mannered person. Now, that all changed when you got between the lines, of course. But 1981 through 1993 with the New Orleans Saints, and when you talk about waiting on an offense, how difficult was that for you as a player to know that you are doing basically your job, everything that you need to be doing, and you are holding the defense accountable, but the other side of the ball just can't put points on the board? Yeah, and I was just hoping that we can uh... – go out and be dominant enough to shut teams completely out. But, you know, that don't always happen when the referees sometimes get an offensive break on, on calls and stuff like that. So we weren't able to do that. But I just knew that the plays a lot of time that we was calling and the stuff that the players and stuff that we had, we just wasn't, you know, up with the 49ers and those teams for the offense. You know, when Joe Montana came in, you know, he came in with a, uh, some weapons that, you know, they were going to score points. And regardless of what you did, you couldn't stop them. So you had to try to match those teams. We didn't have that kind of capability. Caroline, I have to interject because I can't believe he just mentioned the 49ers. Uh, Ricky, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a raving Saints fan lunatic. And, uh, again, I've worn me your jersey. Me, me, me too. Yeah. Well, 
the angriest up until that time I ever walked out of the Superdome was the opening game of 1990 on Monday night against the 49ers, where you guys absolutely just shut down Joe Montana and the 49ers uh, right up until the last drive because the, and the Saints couldn't score that night and they wound up kicking a field goal to win it at the end. And I was just so angry because the defense could not have played any better. And the one thing I'll never forget from that game, I'm walking out the dome, again, just very angry. And I look down to the sideline and Bubba Paris, who was a great tackle, offensive tackle for San Francisco, was puking in a garbage can because you had beat him so many times that night, he just couldn't block you. And that's the one memory that I have about that game. I don't know if you remember that game or not, but it was just a dominant. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember that game very well, and I tell you, man, that kind of got to me a lot too. And uh, you know, we we I just look at the whole situation. It looked like we never did try to get the the great players that other people was getting on offense. We had a defense that they were solid with, and they were satisfied with, but. We just did, did, never did go after the great uh, offensive players in the draft and stuff like that. So I just could never understood uh, stood that. Ricky, what was the biggest change, could you say, in the locker room maybe, uh, you know, from being with the team prior to them making a playoff appearance and then being with the team after they make a playoff appearance? What was kind of the culture at, uh, of the team before and after? Well, before, I mean, the team was more just, you know, waiting on the offense to come around and catch up, you know, or we can uh, start winning some games and stuff. And uh, when Bob Aber came, uh, they they did go to, you know, doing a little better. But it was always, you know, the play calling on the offense. It, it didn't ever get no better. So, you know, I, I know we couldn't go but so far because the people who was calling the offensive plays, they they really was like you know they 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 wasn't uh, like a Bill Walsh or somebody. They didn't have that offensive mind. It was more of a friends with their coach, and you know you you got the job, so you couldn't go with so far with that. Yeah, well we love taking this trip down memory lane, but we also want to highlight the 10 year anniversary of you being named to the pro football hall of fame. Ricky, we talk all the time about, you know, draftees and their draft day and what that was like. And it's changed so much over the years. Now you have guys wearing robes and showing up in Bentleys and things like that. But when you think back to the day that you were inducted to the pro football hall of fame, can you take me through that day? Well, you know, uh, I know it was coming, and I've been I've been waiting on it to come. And uh, when it finally got here, I mean, I was like, you know, what what took him so long? Because if you look at my stats over the 15 years, yeah. I mean, it was nobody in the head of me in my position of doing anything hardly. You know, Lawrence Taylor was, you know, right there with me with a couple of sacks more than me before us tackles and all the other stats. There wasn't nobody in my position, you know, nowhere close to me. So. You know, I kept saying, you know, wasn't it taking so long for me to get in and no Saints ever been in, you know, yet for the true Saints. So I knew it was coming and uh, I was waiting on it. And when it got there, you know, I was very, you know, pleased with it, even though it probably took me four or five years longer than what I thought it should because, you know, they took some guys in and they put some guys in a lot earlier than me who didn't even have the stats and stuff I had. But 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can't worry about other people. You just have to wait till your time come because I feel like what God got for me was for me. So I was patient enough and uh, waited on it, and uh, I was, you know, very happy to see it come. Well, speaking of waiting, when do you think your uh, teammate and Dome Patrol um, partner, Sam Mills, is going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? We're waiting on that one. Well, you know, I'm waiting on it and I'm hoping that it's come. But, you know, you never know, man, because every year they got new guys coming up and they got new guys, you know. They forget about the old guys. I'm just letting you know that. So don't think that don't think that they don't forget about the old guys. You see, like guys like Peyton them coming out right. and Reggie Wayne, all the guys, they're going to put those guys right in over the old guys. So don't be surprised if those guys have to go in as the old old class or something, you know, after a while. So, I mean, because they got so many young guys coming up that made 8, 9, 10 Pro Bowls, they're going to put those guys in quick and early. So, you know, a guy like Sam can be looked over, you know, for a long time. So, you know what I mean? And so you just have to, you know I mean? He did a lot of great things. He played great. And then he coached for a good little while. So he got a good resume. But, you know, man, they don't they don't look at the old guys no more too much. Just seeing you guys again the, with that defense, Ricky, the, the perfect defense, the 3-4 you got the three down linemen, the two outside rushers with yourself and Pat. And then, of course, Sam and Vaughn on the inside and, and then the defensive backfield. Was that the perfect defense that you guys – I mean, if you watch those old films and, and those old games, and I'm not joking, it was almost a shock when other teams would get first downs. You guys had so many three and outs defensively just because of what you could do on all three levels. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too, man, and, uh, you know what I mean, and, and the thing about it was the defensive line, you know, they always did draft some good guys up front, and uh, the defensive secondary might have been, you know, not, not top-notch. They didn't never have no pro bowlers that much back there, but, you know, the guys up front, the front seven was so strong and, and, and so powerful and fast that they kind of kept everything in the front of us that we handled pretty well. So it gave the guys in the back chance to not, you know, not to give it away. So we were pretty uh, strong in that position. Ricky, I know you were kind of joking earlier about Sam Mills and looking over the old guys and things like that, but what do you think about Peyton Manning and this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame draft class that, that was just announced earlier last week? Well, you know, that's what I was saying. You know, the older guys, uh, you know, they get pushed uh, pushed in the bike, you know what I mean, because they're looking at what the young guys did and everybody, you know, seeing those guys the last five or six years. So they come to the forefront over the older guys who, you know, 10, 15 years ago players. Mm. So, you know, that's what I was uh, uh, saying earlier that the new guys come in and they're going to get the first shot at getting in the Hall of Fame the first year and the second year more than a guy 15, 16, 20 years ago guy. So, you know, with Peyton them coming in and uh, all those receivers, you know, once they take one receiver, they, they almost try to put all of them in at the same time. You know what I mean? So that's the way the, the Hall of Fame be doing. If they put a receiver in, just put all three or four of them in together and get that out of the way. And that's what that's what they've been doing lately. You know, they've been trying to run a position and get them all out of the way. So they put the quarterback and three receivers in. And, you know, then they come up with Finnegan and uh, Lynch and, What's the name? But well, that's what they're doing. You know, they 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 
they're putting those guys in and those guys are young guys, you know what I mean? They ain't making them wait like they made us wait. So that's kind of hard for the older guys. You know, the more you push your older guy back and make him wait and put the younger guys in, and, you know, you got more younger guys coming that you're doing the same thing with. So sooner or later, it puts you back where you got to get in and, and come in as a, a, a older player, you know? can't let them forget we can't let them forget about the defense or uh maybe the older gentlemen that are waiting their turn uh ricky we, we are sure that you might have a golf game to get to even <laughs> though it's not the best weather but uh before we let you go you know you're from florida you went to school in pittsburgh why new orleans why have you decided to stay here spend all your time in the crescent city well you know i drafted here in 81 and uh you know, it became home for me, and I'm the first Hall of Fame, and everybody loved me, you know, since I, I got here, and and my companies is here, you know, I got my gas companies and my, you know, stuff like that, and, you know, um, a contract, I build houses and stuff, so everything I do is here, so, I mean, you know, I got my foundation, uh, you know, so I deal with kids every day, I got a community hope. Uh, center that you know we got kids every day and we got a nice facility that they give us on the west bank and we got kids to go there every day after school and stuff so we feed them and teach them and they got a 20 some computers that we run you know so we got a big organization here that we that we teach the kids and stuff so it's just something that you know I just want to always be here for the kids and stuff. So it's something that I, I do and I have to be around for them, you know. Ricky, I thought you were going to just say impostados, but kids is a, <laughs> is a much more noble answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, impostado is my main place. You know, I go there uh, about once a week or once every two weeks and enjoy Joe and stuff. And, uh, you know, I keep up with the Saints a lot, too, and, and the Pelican. You know, I see the Pelican, you know, I look at them. They had a three-game winning streak, and then they lose the other night. And I'm hoping that they can get back to 500, but I watch the Saints and I see what they need and what they don't need. So I always, I always keep up with them and, you know, see what they're doing and stuff. So, you know, the Saints, they, they, they got a little trouble right now. So they got to try to get find their way out of that. We are certainly lucky to have you as a member uh, of the New Orleans community. Ricky Jackson, Saints legend, Saints Hall of Famer. Uh, member of the Saints Ring of Honor, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, obviously linebacker in the New Orleans Saints Dome Patrol. Ricky, we appreciate your time. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day and uh, good luck on your swing. All right. Appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ricky. Okay, Saints fans, before we let you go, it is the Friday before Fat Tuesday, and we have a special treat in store for you in celebration of Mardi Gras this the Saints are giving away Mardi Gras cleats. We are celebrating carnival season by giving away a pair of Saints cleats that were painted by New Orleans-based artist Sandy DeMio. So the cleats are really cool. They have a king cake on the side. They're, of course, Mardi Gras colors. They have a flair to lead. They have beads. They have something for everybody right there on that pair of cleats. And all you have to do in order to enter for your chance to win is go to NewOrleansSaints.com. There's a graphic right there for you when you go to the website. It is as simple as putting in your first name, last name, email, phone number, and zip code. And that's it. That is all you have to do to enter for your chance to win these exclusive 
pair of Mardi Gras cleats. So be sure to go to neworleansaints.com and enter for your chance to win. Also, we have to highlight the crew of floats this year because the crew of house floats, I should say this year, because I believe that this has brought out the best part of New Orleans. You heard from Todd Graffinini earlier in our show. His house is decorated for the crew of house floats to celebrate this uh, strange season that we are all going through, obviously dealing with COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, I've walked around, I've driven around and seeing, seen the, uh, the house floats that people have come up with. And I believe that it has brought out the best part of New Orleans, the best people of New Orleans. So keep doing it, New Orleans. I love to see it. Love the energy, love the culture here. Um, so if you have a house float, hey, if you have a house float, go ahead and tweet it to at Saints Pod. We want to see it. We want to see everything, uh, all your decorations, all your love for the New Orleans Saints, especially if it is black and gold theme, go ahead and tweet it at Saints Pod. All right, for Caroline Gonzalez, Ricky Jackson, Todd Graffinini, this was the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CPU.